the 150th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 54 to 53! North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, oh, way to worthy! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with five. He takes the timeout, they're out foul. of timeout! Technical foul! Technical foul on Michigan! They're out of timeout! And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump make for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. Love guarded by Keels. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. Got it. Caleb from straight away. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. We're going to re-rack what came out last week from the ACC as all the preseason stuff was officially unveiled roughly a week or so after they had ACC tip-off in Charlotte. So we'll run through, tell you where Carolina was picked in the ACC, where guys were picked, you know, if we had guys picked to be player of the year, first team, all that great stuff. We're also going to go through Anthony's ACC preseason bout because, for some reason, he was sent one and I wasn't. So oh, we, have... oh, we all know why. There is only one foremost expert on this show that gets sent a ballot. This is one of truly the greatest moments in podcast history. It's really not. Because you are so mad about this. Yes. And I am laughing. That's a great laugh you got over there. That's right. We'll we'll go through that. It's we'll, on the inside because it's been multiple days of just laughing. We'll we'll also got some we also have some closing notes for you. But we start every edition of the pod as we always do with the pod thought of the day brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app or visit their website and use that promo code TBPN to uh generate our latest offer for you guys. We go to the great football coach, Vince Lombardi. Ooh. Vince was one time quoted as saying, the measure of who we are is what we do with what we have. That's a whole lot of W's in that phrase. Hopefully the Tar Heels have a whole lot of W's coming their way this basketball season. As we told you last week, this team was uh, picked as the AP number one team in the country, kind of just really coming full circle what was an offseason of, of of hype and expectation and one that we expect Carolina to, to compete and compete at a very high level. And all the preseason accolades, they kept rolling last week. As I mentioned, the ACC did did unveil all of their preseason stuff headlined by the, 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 the media's prediction to win the conference, and that was, in fact, North Carolina. 
Um, they received 90 of the 101 first place votes, and they led the way with over 1,500 total points. Our arch rival, eight miles down the road, Duke was fic- was picked to finish second, while Virginia was picked to finish third as the ACC is in store for what we think is going to be a bounce-back year overall, headlined by some of the more historical teams in the conference. Wait, There's- a bounce-back. How many teams, by the way, were in the Elite Eight at the Three. end? Three. The- there you go. So, again, that to me, that is a... I just I find that as just a stupid narrative. Look, man, I get it. I know there's some teams here towards the top that did not play well at times last year. A couple that missed the tournament, but I, I don't know. Like, is this really was that really a down year for the ACC? Like when it when it mattered, they turned it on. Well, I mean, when you had your second place team in the regular season on the bubble, that was Notre Dame. Like, so like from the overall. Gen, you know, from the overall outsider view, the the media told us it was a down year. Oh yeah, the media. It, Who are they? It's what's oh, really, that's us. That's what's right. really funny is is a guy that we as a podcast we we don't really like and very very, very little respect. Jim Beheim pretty much said, you know, all that matters what you do in the tournament. And yeah, well, I mean, what, what we do in the tournament as it, a conference, he's got one title, right? Just checking. Yeah, but he's, I mean, but like well, his whole greater point was. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I just want to take another shot, shot. He was taking a shot at the Big Ten because they've done, and look, the Big Ten's been deeper in the regular season than the ACC has been, but their teams have gone out sooner in the NCAA in the, in the tournament than the ACC has. And even with the AP Top 25 poll that was released last week, no preseason top 10 teams. For the Big Ten, but Carolina was picked to win the ACC. As I mentioned, Duke second, Virginia third. I'll go through the rest of the poll. Virginia was fourth, Florida State fifth, Notre Dame is sixth, Virginia Tech, the team that won the ACC tournament a year ago, seventh, Syracuse eighth, Wake Forest, a big surprise last year. They were picked to finish ninth, State tenth, Clemson 11th, Louisville 12th, Boston College 13th, Pittsburgh 14th, and Georgia Tech 15th. I'm not going to ask you if you were surprised that Carolina was picked to win the ACC because I think that's that was the that was the expectation going into media day. Well, look, we're going to break down my ACC ballot here later on. I will go ahead and spoil this one for you, folks. I had Carolina number one. I think the question is, is were you surprised by the, the margin? They got 90 of the 101 first-place votes. Duke had two. Virginia, six, and Miami, six. There was also one other team. And then one for Virginia Tech. <laughs> that one cracked me up, I got to tell you, when I saw that. um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, I think, I think there's kind of two factors here. I think, one, Carolina is really, really good. I think people know that heading into the season. They return – you know, for the five guys from a team that nearly took home the national championship. I think overall, a lot of people feel like this is going to be a better team because of the depth that will be on this roster. So, I, I mean, from from that standpoint, I, I, I think it's, it's kind of obvious. And I think the other thing is, is look, man, I think people are just sick and tired of picking Duke to be this great team, and they're not. So, I think that that factors into it. Um, I think it was kind of shocking that Virginia 
was third overall but had six first place votes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would say I thought I, I thought the the margin would be a little bit closer, but yeah, I I felt like Carolina would probably have a majority of that because I think in a lot of people's minds, including our own here, I mean, we we've kind of said it. Look, these guys have in their mind national championship or bust. We at least need to see them in the final four. I think ACC regular season title is kind of a a, a built-in thing. Like we expect that. So yeah, I, I I picked them to win it. I figured most people in the media would as well. So I'm not too shocked by that. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you though. I I was kind of surprised by the margin because there is this reluctance to, or the the media does favor picking the team with the most talent. And I think Carolina has the most depth and the most experienced talent. But I do think from an overall talent standpoint, I'd probably, if I looked from a pure basketball standpoint, I'd probably look at Duke's players and say, yeah, they're more gifted than Carolina's. But they're not, they're not more experienced. I think I think Virginia is in store for a bounce-back season. Yes. They've, they've got the things that Tony Bennett needs the way he runs that program. I think Jim Laranega at Miami, they've done a really nice job just – in this portal era of keeping their players in Miami and then adding guys, they added one of the more coveted transfer transfers from Kansas State this summer as well. So not surprised that Carolina was predict, was predicted to win the ACC because I think that's a given. I was surprised that there was just wide margin with first place votes at 90 and the second most was Virginia all the way down to six. But I think it just shows you how highly thought of this team is is going to be entering the season, and that this number one this number one team is is going to be expected to do big time things before the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, something we've talked about all summer all, all summer long is that because they know they have the ability to turn it on, you know, there could be some reluctance into them kind of just sleepwalking through the year. But I think with all this stuff being put pressed upon them in the in the preseason. It's going to make them play with that that sense of urgency from from the moment the the, the season starts, given that non conference schedule, and then just given that if we think the ACC is going to be deeper from top to bottom a year ago, as favorable as the home schedule is, there are going to be some games on the road that you got to be ready to play, or or you're going to get embarrassed. And uh, I, for one, as a podcast host, I, I yelled enough last year. I don't have to come back on here. Yeah, and, you did, and yell again. Oh, you don't want to have to claim that a coach is going to be fired? Didn't claim that the coach was going to be fired. Oh, just claim the tape says otherwise. The the no, I was claiming that the guy who hired him was probably questioning that hire. And whenever the day comes that Bubba Cunningham sits in front of me, yeah, I'll ask him the question. Did you? And look, he'll give me the answer that he has to give. He will laugh you off. He, oh, Whatever stage you are on, bro. But I mean, it would be Let's my be stage. Honest. So he's gonna he's gonna have a hard time laughing me off my own stage. He will but, kick you off the stage and take over that stage. Um. So there's that Carolina by a landslide, the media's prediction to win the ACC. Let's move on to Armando Baycott, a guy who is also racking up his fair share of preseason accolades as he was picked to be the ACC Player of the Year uh, going in uh, going into the year. Of from the preseason voting, he was also um, selected to a first-team preseason All-ACC team. Not really surprising. Um, joined with him was teammate Caleb Love, 
Also, Isaiah Wong from Miami, uh, Jeremy Roach from Duke, and Terquavian Smith from NC State. So a local flavor, uh, a local fa- a flavor for that first team All ACC team headlined by Armando Baycott, but he did receive 82 votes to be the ACC Player of the Year. Isaiah Wong was second with five, followed by Caleb Love, who was third with four. Uh, Jeremy Roach was fourth with with three. P.J. Hall was fifth with two. R.J. Davis received two votes. Uh, uh, The aforementioned Terquavian Smith received a vote. Hunter Couture from Virginia Tech received a vote. And Dariq Whitehead also received a vote. As surprised as I was at the margin that Carolina was was predicted to win the ACC, this one isn't a surprise. When you look at what Armando Baycott did a year ago, this 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 was a this was a afterthought. They're talking about a guy who tied the NCAA record for most double doubles in a single season, became the first player to play in six NCAA tournament games in, in a single tournament and record a double double in every single one. And really what he did in January and February that kind of led him to that 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 mark would have been talked about more if Carolina was a better basketball team. I mean, we did a we did a good job talking about it because that's our job and our and we're and we have a responsibility to the listener. But the you know the the grand scheme of things, the national college basketball media didn't because Carolina wasn't ranked and they were getting blown out by teams like Miami, like Wake Forest getting routed at home by teams like Pittsburgh. And so what he did was kind of an afterthought, but now there is no afterthought. He's entering a year kind of, I mean, you know, if if we're, if we're going to compare it to Carolina terms, kind of like what Tyler Hansborough was faced with when he came back for his senior year, where you're expecting big-time things. You're expecting a banner in the Smith Center. You're expecting another Final Four appearance. And it's all headlined by Armando Baycott, who – has been very quiet but very confident, and, and he knows coming into his, his senior season there's going to be a lot expected of him from a night-in, night-out basis starting in just two weeks. I mean, I got to tell you, I'm kind of shocked. This, this one kind of shocked me that anybody really voted for anybody else. <laughs> like, what are you, just trying to be different? Like, let's be honest, man. This dude is – I think it's either him or Oscar Shibway is the best player in the country, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's close to anybody else. Like, there will be other guys that will probably emerge, but right now, sitting here in the preseason, you're talking about a dude that is as dominant as there has been a big man in terms of what he did down the stretch of the season as any that we have seen in college basketball in recent memory. And I get it, man. Look, maybe it's because he's an old-school big, but there should not be anybody else that should be voted for this award. To me, there is no question that this dude will be the ACC Player of the Year unless he gets injured. Other than that, he is that dominant. Who the hell in this conference is stopping that dude on the inside? Nobody. It's a good question. Like, they didn't stop him last year. He's only going to get better. So, I mean, to me, I I, I thought th- this is as well-rounded a player as we've seen. And, I mean, look, the Hansborough comparison, I mean, look, some people may think it's crazy. But, again, we've talked about it this offseason. Man, this dude is on the precipice of being in that group of all-time great big men. I'm talking about the upper echelon of guys like Hansborough, 
like James Worthy, like Sam Perkins. And what's the thing that we've talked about that he's missing from those guys? He's missing that title. If he gets that, to me, there's no question. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's very clear that he really is that good. And there should be no question in anybody's mind that this dude is going to be the ACC Player of the Year. I, I got to tell you, it's it's hard to remember the last time you felt as sure about a guy being that heading into the season. I mean, I know there are probably people that would say Zion. Zion was a freshman, though, when he came in. Man, Armando's a known quantity. I think this probably is about as safe of a bet as it gets since Hansborough. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Oscar Schwebe. He was the consensus uh, preseason, or he was the consensus college basketball player of the year last year. He also headlined the preseason All-America list, which was released today. That does include Armando Baycott. There we go. And it's big man heavy with Schwebe from Kentucky. Drew Timmy, who's been at Gonzaga for what feels like a decade. The human Pringle. Our guy, Armando Baycott, and then you've got Houston guard Marcus Sasser. And Indi- And then Indiana forward Trace Jackson Davis, a big part of the Hoosiers revival. Wait, that's the first team? It's that's, just three, it's four forwards? It's, Holy. Yeah, and then a guard. How about and, that? And so I do think it's it's something that, you know, because um, you know, we, we, we got a guy that is one of our P1s. He also moonlights as our boss here at Sports Radio 937 WFNZ. Moonlights? And, uh, yeah. Okay, all right, we're yeah. Called, we're calling moonlighting. And he always talks about how the NBA, he's a big NBA guy, that the NBA's devalued the big man with analytics and the True. modern era of basketball. And he's not wrong. You look at the college game, and that's why I, I, as a guy who loves basketball as a whole, but primarily the college game, one of the things that I love about it is that you see different forms and fashions and you see so many different things. And, yes, there are teams and programs that don't utilize the the big man the way that you used to see 10, 15 years ago. But you do see teams like Carolina, like Kentucky, Gonzaga, Duke's trying to get back into having a big man that plays the, the you know the five spot the way that it that, the way that it used to be played. Is it still with they they want them out hitting an 18 foot jump shot? Absolutely. But you that's one thing the college game provides you is is big guys that can go down on the block and and get a bucket. They can, you know, they 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 can man the board. They can dominate the game whether they have the ball or not. And Armando Baycott is is a big part of that. And it's really nice to see that the voters are taking note because we live in an era of basketball where we want to see the three point shooting and we want to see the four, you know, the wing guys that are dunking and doing all those things. But the college game is different, and I think the the uh, preseason All American list justified that. Moving on to Caleb Love, really no surprise here. He was picked to the first team All ACC team as well. He did receive. 58 first place votes. Um, we did we did go over that list earlier. He he got the third most behind his teammate Armando Baycott and Isaiah Wong of Miami grabbed 81. He also was named to the Bob Cousy Award watch list today, which of course is given out to the best point guard in college basketball. It's something that you know as a young as a younger uh, basketball fan and a fan of this program, I really valued. 
Because there was a, there was a byline that if Carolina had a Cousy Award winner, they were in a national title hunt. 05, Raymond Felton won the title. 09, Ty Lawson won the title. 12, Kendall Marshall doesn't win the award, but a broken wrist. That team was on the doorstep of making the Final Four. Marcus Page in, in, in 16. Um, I don't think Caleb Love is going to win this award because of the way he plays the point guard position per se. But I do think it is being it's nice to see him gain or, or garner some attention. And then our last guy, RJ Davis, was picked to the second team um as he received 14 votes. The second team consists of Jaden Gardner from Virginia, Derek Lively from Duke, Justin Mutz from Virginia Tech, and PJ Hall from Clemson. One last one. We'll go really quickly. The preseason rookie of the year award. You know, we, we, we've talked a lot about our recruiting class, and I think they're going to be a big part of what this team does. But they didn't get the attention Duke's rookies got. Duke's four rookies got the four most votes, headlined by Derek Lively II, Derek Whitehead, Tyrese Proctor, and Mark Mitchell. Then Tyler Nickel and Jalen Washington from UNC got two. And then Seth Trimble, a guy that, you know, we're quietly confident in, and other guys as well around the Carolina program, he did gain or he did receive one vote for preseason rookie of the year. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, you'll hear from one of our own as he'll unveil how he did his preseason ballot. All that and more right Who here that be? on the Four Corners podcast after this message from DraftKings. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off this season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app now, opt in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA, whether it's the local Charlotte Hornets or my beloved New York Knicks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of great offers we've been giving you on the Four Corners side of things. Same for us over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. Same place, DraftKings, just two different draft codes. It's TBPN for us. It's TPPN over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. Well, buddy, um, since you were the one that got to fill out a preseason ACC ballot. Yeah, that's right. Hey, by the way, which one of us was the two that actually went out there to the uh, to the ACC tip-off and had to do all the work and everything like that? I mean, I didn't do I – mean, I, I did do all the work because I carried the show that day. Oh, okay. But it, it was go. me. I was the one that, that's was, right. that's that was right. in the presence of the media. Oh, I just want you, I just want you to say and, it for all the people. And you were not – 
That's right. Um, rumor has it was that you did not meet the qualifications of attractiveness to enter the building. But Man, they did I don't let know you how pull they out a ballot. You must have snuck in the back door then. <sighs> well, you know. Did you I, po- did you pose as one of the servers and walk upstairs and start asking questions? I just wore one of my better polos that day that hides all the ugly things that there are about me, which aren't a lot. Oh, I you know what though? You know what? I I could I could bring up something right now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let Oh it no, go. let's go ahead and bring it up. I'm gonna let it go. I'm not gonna bring up the fact that you looked nearly bald. I did on top in the one picture that you took with William Will. Your boy, uh, William Walker. Um, um, women like bald men. I don't know what to tell you. Well, they do like bald men, but they like fully bald men, not half bald on the top and a little bit of side skirt on the side. That's fair. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. You, so, don't, feel, you don't feel good about taking that shot now because now it's come back at you. It's, it's all right, buddy. No, I, I'm still very confident in my level of attractiveness. Okay, all right. Um, good for you. But so now what I'm going to do. Okay. Because I'm I'm a good host. Yeah. I'm going to turn the show over to you. Here we go. And let you take us inside your preseason ACC ballot. All right. So do you want me to go in order of how they listed it, or do you want me to go in order of how we talked about it here on the pod? Hey, right now it's my show, but you're doing it however you see fit. Okay. All right. So we'll do my all ACC ballot first because this is this is the order that it went in. This is how you filled it out when you were filling out your ballot. Um, you wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> but clearly, no. The the first guy that I had on there, first team, didn't matter what the lineups looked like. Armando Baycott was going to be number one. I've already said it. Most dominant player. I think the best player in the country. Um, you can make the argument for Oscar Shibway. I'm not making that argument. I think Armando really is that dude. I think you're looking at a guy that could even have a better season than last year and could break that record that David Robinson holds for uh, triple uh, for double doubles in a season. So I I think there's no doubt about that one. Uh, Caleb Love, I had him on the first team. There were some people that were a little bit mad at me for putting him over RJ. Um, I just think, man, we we we've seen when this dude turns it on, it is really really hard for people to stop him. Um, and I know that there there are some really good qualities about RJ, but I just think that Caleb, it, it, you're looking at a guy that can knock down any shot on the floor at any time. I, I, they, they both have that quality at times, too. I, I think you can make the case for either one of them, but I just feel a little more confident in Caleb stepping it up because it feels like, and I know RJ, it's probably the same way, but especially with Caleb because he could have gone to the NBA this is he came back for one reason and one reason only, and it was to win a national championship and dominate while doing it. Um, third guy, Isaiah Wong, pretty easy. I mean, this dude is a walking bucket. We saw it from him last year. Um, he he's a guy that Carolina when when they play him, it's it's going to be tough, man. He's going to get leaky black on him. And as you mentioned, they did go out and get uh, wow, Markwell Pack. I think is his is is that his first name? I'm going to be honest with you, I don't remember. I think it's Markwell Pack from uh, from Kansas State. Another good guard. So they'll have that good backcourt duo again. But man, Isaiah Wong, this dude is as good as a scorer at as a guard. Um, not only in in really in the ACC, but in college basketball. Uh, Justin Butts, the forward from Virginia Tech. 
Man, coming into last year, he was about as highly talked about as anybody. Um, I believe he may have been first-team preseason All-ACC a year ago. Um, And I see him on the second team this year. I just think, man, this dude's going to have a bounce-back season. I really, really liked what we saw from him. You know, even at times last year in a down year, there is the ability to stretch the floor. He's a guy that can score at a high level. I I think that Virginia Tech is going to be – they'll be a weird team this year. I don't feel like they're good enough to really have a case to win the ACC. Maybe – I don't even know. Do they have a case to be a team that gets the double bye? I'm not sure. I think they could be in that conversation. I don't have them there. But I still think they're going to be a good enough team because of what they can do. I think they'll be better offensively this year. Hunter Couture is definitely a good player, but I think Justin Mutz is their best player. Uh, And then I have Kihei Clark. I know a lot of people roasted me for this one. Man, I think Kihei Clark, when he's on, he might be the best point guard, the the most consistent point guard in this conference. I mean, you talk about a guy that looks the part of a point guard, that shares the ball about as any, as well as anybody in the conference. I know he doesn't score the ball great, and I think that's what the problem that a lot of people had with it. They would rather me have put Jay, uh, Jaden Gardner up there, um, a couple other guys that can score the ball a little bit higher. But I'm telling you, I really think this is a guy that we thought was going to be the next really good guard for Virginia a couple of years ago. I think he shows that here in what I – I pray to God is his final year. I think he has been there since Thomas Jefferson was on campus. <laughs> like, please tell me he's near the end. So those are the four, uh, the five guys that I have on my All-ACC ballot. Preseason player of the year, this one's easy, Armando. I'm not really even going to explain that because we just talked about that earlier. It, it's it. I don't see how anybody else got any votes. Uh, preseason rookie of the year, this was, I, I got to admit, a little bit of a homer pick. But I really do think that if you if this guy can get into a rhythm, I I think this is a dude that could easily become a big part of what Carolina does in their rotation. Because where is that where is that guy that can just cook off the bench? Where is that three point shooter? I don't see that guy right now. I know there's guys that are capable of doing that, but I don't see the guy that is that specializes in that. I think Tyler Nickel could be that guy. It's a long shot, no doubt about it. But I think I knew, look, I knew that the Duke guys were going to collect those accolades. So I figured why not go with someone a little bit different? If if I'm a betting man, I think Tyler Nickel is an extreme long shot, probably not a bad guy to go with. And then in terms of the projected order of finish, I mean, look, top 3 not shocking. Carolina, Duke, Virginia. Florida I have Florida State at 4. Yeah. I really like Florida State, man. I think Lenny Ham Look, he's getting towards the end of his time at Florida State. Did you just call him Lenny Ham? Lenny Ham, yeah. He- Leonard Hamilton Lenny. Ham. Yeah, look, you can't you can't call him that unless you've talked to him in person, like I have. Well, let's see next year. Okay, maybe I'll be allowed out there. They'll probably give me the ballot right there in person to fill out. That's how important I am. Well, next year I'll be the commissioner of the ACC, so I'll see about that. <sighs> Conference won't exist at that rate. But he he's a guy, look, he's getting towards the end of his career. I think last year was was kind of a fluke. He had a lot of injury issues a year ago. I still I like the talent on this team this year. I still think Florida State's going to be really really yes. good, man. And because of their head coach, I have him fourth. I think Miami in fifth. Last year was not a fluke for them. Man, no. Jim Laranaga can coach, man. 
We've seen that so many times over. He had you know a couple down years in there, but he's got that two-guard system working again. I think they've got the guys around him to be really, really solid this year. I have them fifth. Notre Dame, look, they, they showed some signs towards the end of last year. They were in second place in the ACC at one point. Yeah, they were on the bubble, but this is a quality basketball team, another well-coached basketball team, and an extremely veteran basketball team. They returned just about everybody from a year ago. Again, I don't know how some of these guys are here. I am pretty sure that Cormac Ryan came over on the Mayflower, and yet he is still in the lineup for them. But, yeah, this is a veteran team. I think that goes a long way. Virginia Tech, as I mentioned, I like Justin Mutz, Hunter Couture's there. I, I think Virginia Tech is still a really good team with a good coach as well. I think Mike Young's one of the up-and-coming guys. When you see this group of older guys like Leonard Hamilton, like Jim Laranega, like Jim Beheim, sort of move out of the conference and retire, he's going to be that next guy in the ACC that's going to be up there with Hubert, with John Shire, with Tony Bennett. Although I think Tony Bennett, also a guy that's kind of starting to get up there a little bit in his age as well. Sneaky, but starting to get up there in his age as well. Um, but yeah, I, I I still like what they've got in place. Eight, I've got Syracuse. I, I just, it's hard for me to think they're going to be terrible. I've seen a lot of people that think they're going to be they're, they're going to be awful this I'm year. I'm with you. I they're just man, they're just a consistent team. I don't think they're going to be great. I think they're going to have some out-of-conference losses that are going to leave you scratching your head saying, what the hell is wrong with this team? But I, th- I still think they've got some. They- they've got a couple of guys on that roster that have been there for a while, and I-, I still feel like they're going to be one of those teams that will just sit right in the middle of the conference. Um, nine, Louisville, I don't know. For some reason, I just feel like they've still got a decent amount of talent there. I know a lot of people, but what did they – they had them 12th, right? I can't see them being that low. I know they're not the greatest coach team. Well, they're breaking in a new coach. They're decimated by, you know, transfers leaving the program. Yeah. They're going to be back. I mean, I would be surprised if they finish in the top ten this year. I, I still – I we've th- – that feels like a team that we've doubted before, though. And, and I wonder, is that just one of those those rich pro, rich programs that finds a way – I. Look, at nine, they're not making the NCAA tournament. I don't think so. No. But I do think they could still have a solid year and upset a couple of hopes. Ten, man, I wanted to put this team higher. But I, I just I have so many questions about Wake Forest because they're a team that has so much turnover from a year ago. You don't lose the conference player of the year and just automatically bounce back like it's nothing. Most most teams don't. So especially on a team like Wake Forest. I mean, look, you've got you know you've still got uh, Davion Williamson coming back. You've still got uh, you got the transfer Terrence Appleby, who I think did some good things at Florida. But I don't know, man. I, I just I I've, I'm a little reserved on them at this point. Same thing with Clemson. You know, I like PJ Hall. I, I really like PJ Hall. That was one of the toughest guys for me to leave off my All ACC ballot. But I thought with two big guys in there, it'd be hard to put a third one on there. But man, he he is really, really good. We saw that last year. That's one of the few guys that can really go toe to toe with Armando. Just the way his playing style, everything like that. But outside of him, I just I don't have a lot of confidence in them. 
And maybe it's because we have Clemson uh, friends who just absolutely hate everything about Brad Brunell. But I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't know how good of a coach Brad Brunell really is. Even though he's taken his team to some tournaments. And let's be honest, football is clearly the focus at that school. Not basketball. Um, 12th, this is literally based on coach on coaching. I got Georgia Tech because I think Josh Pastner, he's too damn good of a coach, man. With or without the face shield, he can coach. I, I mean, I, I just I don't see how people think that they're going to be that bad because if they are that bad, he's does probably he, getting fired. Yeah, does he survive? I, I can't see him being that bad. So I, I have them at 12, 13, Boston College. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Grant's another one of those guys that we kind of just – we both kind of just like. We think he's kind of inherited a tough situation there. Um, it feels like, you know, they're going to be kind of where they were last year. I don't know. They, they got better as the year went along. I think they'll be more consistent starting out of the gate. They won't be as terrible as that team that we played – early in the year in Chestnut Hill. But I, I I definitely feel like they're a team that's still a ways away from being a contender in this conference. NC State, I got them at 14. A lot of people, I think, kind of look at this as, as a hater pick, especially with them being 10th. My problem with them is you're expecting them to be that much better when they lost Darion Sebron, a guy that went to the NBA. And look, I know DJ Burns is there, who a lot of people really like from Winthrop. He was a big-time player. But, ah, man, I, I get it. Tracravian Smith is a hell of a player, but that team was god-awful last year. And my thing about them, where is the mindset of that program at this point? Because I think most people kind of look at Kevin Keats as a dead man walking. I mean, we've had we've talked about it here recently at the station. A lot of people kind of compare him to Matt Rule. Very similar circumstance of people trying to buy in, but I think ultimately in the back of their mind knowing this guy ain't going to get the job done. And then 15th is Pittsburgh. Um, Speaking of dead men walking, I don't think Jeff Capel has any chance of lasting through the year. I think he is fired midseason. I don't see how he's still there. Um, That team sucks. There's frankly, what is there to be excited about with that program? I don't see anything. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm insane. I don't see how you could pick any team to be worse than them. Like, the people that are picking Georgia Tech, I mean, what are you looking at on this Pitt roster that you think is great? The fact that Carolina lost to them last year still makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> so, there you go. That's, that's, that's all I've got there. I'm assuming, I don't I would if I had to guess, your biggest issue is probably with the All-ACC ballot. No, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, I, I think if 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 Caleb Love plays at a high level and Armando Baycott plays at a high level, I think Isaiah Wong's a big time player. Like, you know, there's 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 a lot of great individual talent in this conference. So I I, I think you know if if anything, if if I had to if I had a gripe at what you had, it might have been your projected order of finish. Because I would have had, I'd have had state higher, and maybe Syracuse lower than a Wake Forest. But I think that's the beauty of this conference is that I do think, and, and this isn't. I mean, some and some of this may be the ACC guy and me talking. I do think this conference is primed to to really bounce back, because I do think you've got Carolina and Duke that are going to be at the forefront. And I say it all the time, and it's the truest statement, probably the truest thing I say every time I say it. 
the 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 outside reputation of the conference is really dependent on what the two schools separated by eight miles apart are doing. If Duke and Carolina or Duke and Carolina, the the national perception is going to be that the conference is back. We'll know whether the conference is back or not because we watch the conference on a night-in, night-out basis. But if Duke and Carolina are in the top ten and they're fighting for the ACC regular season title and you sprinkle in Virginia and Florida State, Miami, Notre Dame, you know, the New Bloods, maybe Syracuse, whoever, you know, th- then we'll have a pretty good idea. So I do think for a guy that uh, wasn't qualified to fill out a ballot, you did a good job. I'm wow, proud of you. Wow, wow. You, you made your podcast host proud. and that's You know what? That's all that matters. I don't care what anybody else thinks <laughs> but you. Thank you. With that, we will transition to some closing notes real quick. UNC's matchup with that Pittsburgh team, Anthony, just threw one of the bus, will be on Friday, December 30th. There hasn't been a time yet announced for that. You could imagine that would probably be, you know, at the earliest, the 6 o'clock game, probably going to be anywhere between the 7 and 8 o'clock tilt. Also, Carolina had their secret scrimmage this past weekend at Rutgers, and, well, so far it's been very secret because nothing has come out of it. But Carolina will scrimmage again this Friday when they host Johnson C. Smith in a exhibition on Friday night in the Smith Center. It'll be uh, at 7.30, and if you can't make it to Chapel Hill, it will be available on the ACC Network Extra, and there will be coverage of that right here on the Four Corners podcast and HeelToughBlog.com where we transition to next. We do encourage you guys to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com. We are back in the swing of things for football as the team will return to the gridiron this weekend. Ashton has you covered with Mac Brown's press conference from today. And then Anthony will get you ready for the matchup with the Panthers Saturday night in, in Keenan Stadium. Following that, we will recap the matchup. We'll have a trench report, a stock report, along with Ashton's analysis. As for the basketball side of things, Ashton continues his player profiles as he wrote about Caleb Love heading into his junior season, and we'll be getting you ready with some front court and back court previews as well on the website. As for the podcast, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. You can rate and, re- and, and review the podcast right there, but most importantly, We do encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the podcast throughout the remainder of the preseason. There will be guests coming on the show later this week, including the likes of Brendan Marks, hopefully John Crispin from ESPN, along with Go Heels writer Adam Lucas and voice of the Tar Heels, Jones Angel. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of these interviews as we start to get you ready for the basketball season which is now officially two weeks away. What is going to wrap up this edition of the show? Do want to thank our media member and ACC ballot voter, Anthony Pagnotta, for hosting with me. Want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.